0: here so we can get you out of here and I have a six o'clock flight in the morning a.m. We're going to be speaking tomorrow night in our Spanish ministries in Nashville so it's uh, kind of a busy day but uh, it's been great to be here of course great to be here with our family and with you precious people and we pray for the church every day and say God give them revival which he is and uh, give them uh, help to get a bigger building or whatever it is that uh, God wants to do here so uh, we're we're a part of Pasadena okay amen now uh, we've covered the emerg- mini emergency fund then uh, pay off your bills by the method I told you then fund that full emergency fund and then of course later on you would get into investments and so forth uh, now I'm going to talk about an ugly word uh, this is something that's a budget. Some people think that a husband's invented this to torture their wives, uh, and, and sometimes they have. I just mentioned earlier that a budget needs to be worked on by both parties. You need to divide up your income, and I don't know, do they have any of those budget sheets on there? Uh, go ahead with whatever's next here. Let's, let's see what, oh, yep, it is. Well, how to build a budget. Okay, now, budget is not a bad word. Because budget simply means pre-planned spending, okay? In other words, you've already determined where your money's going to go instead of it pushing you around, okay? Because if you don't uh, plan, it will push you around, and it'll push you into debt, and it'll push you into stress and strain and all of those things. But when you have a plan, as soon as you get the check and you get the money, it's already determined where it's going to go. Now, the envelope system was an old system that Grandma used. She used the envelope or the cookie jar. When they got money, certain amounts went into each jar for whatever it was, okay? And uh, when they had a need with a clothing jar and they went in there or that envelope and they looked at how much money was in there, actual cash, that's how much they had to spend for clothing. And when it wasn't in there... I didn't buy clothes. You hear me? Okay. Now, you need to determine that. In fact, my, my wife's uh, sister and brother-in-law wanted to, uh, you know, do what we're talking about here. They literally went on the envelope system. <laughs> my, my wife's sister actually got envelopes. And when the check came, she got the cash, and she put so much for the car, so much for uh, eating out, so much for clothes, so much for this and uh, if you want to go weed out, and you look in the envelope, and there's only $2, you aren't eating out. You say, that's cruel. No, it's not. Uh, you determine how much you're going to spend on those items, and that, of course, is dictated by the amount of money that you have. So, how to build a budget. First of all, uh, you got to get your expenses. Obviously, your income, I think we'll deal with that in a moment. But you've got to list all monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, and annual expenses. A monthly expense would be like your house payment or rent. Uh, it would be your monthly utility bill. Uh, I don't know if you pay your car insurance monthly, but anything that you pay monthly. So you would write that down, whatever it is. Okay? And then you have some expenses that are quarterly. Every quarter, maybe you pay your car insurance. I don't know. Uh, then semi-annual and annual. Now, I pay my own house taxes once a year. It's not on my house payment. I pay it once a year. Now, that's a $3,000 item. Now, I can't come up with $3,000 at the end of the year, right? Well, I can't. But I can because I have put aside so much every month for my taxes on the house. And that is paid annually, but, of course, I can't. I've got to pay for it every week. So a certain amount of goes in into that every week. Now, how are you paid? Everybody's paid differently. Some people are paid every week. Some people are paid every month. Some people are paid twice a month. Uh, whatever it is, you are paid, okay? That becomes the figure. And so you get all the monthly, quarterly, semi-annual, and annual expenses. And here I add them out, okay? If I've got a house payment, let's say it's... Uh, times 12. That's how much a year you're going to pay on the house. Let's say your utilities are, are, uh, you don't even have utilities here. You don't have cold or warmth. You know, you're great, man. We get 100 degrees in the summer and, you know, the other end in winter. But anyway, uh, you're okay. Let's say your utilities, what's a utility beer, 150? Is that reasonable? Okay, ours are like 300. But, uh, okay, 150 a month times 12. That's an average. You know what? You can figure that out by last year's bills. Okay? you got to set aside 150 times 12. Now let's say your car insurance, that's so much a a month or a quarter, and if it was quarterly times four, that's how much you're going to spend a month or a year on insurance and on and on. Okay? Those are your major expenses. Now, you have to prepare for that by setting aside something, every uh, an equal amount every Pay, period. So if you got paid every week, uh, that would be 52 weeks. You would have to divide that figure by 52. So every week, if your house payment, uh, let's, uh, I don't know, help me with the math here. Let's say you had a, um, um, a house payment of 1500 a month, and that would be times 12. What is that? What is it? how much 18,000 that means you would divide that figure by 52 you get paid every week in this person okay 52 so how much a week how much 346 i'm trusting you all on this okay as I, I but you would have to set aside every week $346 for your house payment whether you eat or not, okay? And another thing in here, of course, would be your food budget. So we can give boo-boo something to eat here, okay? Uh, You would have to determine how much we are going to spend on groceries or eating out, okay? All of that has to be determined. Let's say your insurance costs you, say, $300 every quarter. That's $1,200 a year. If you get paid by every week, you divide it by 52. That's how much you've got to set aside every week for insurance. You say, but I only pay it quarterly. Yeah, but you're going to be putting that aside every week. Do you understand? So that it'll be there when you have to pay for it. And it's a wonderful thing. When the insurance bill comes, you're going to say, $500. $500. Oh, you go right to the account. It's right there. Write out a check. Boom. Okay? Okay, divide it into monthly or pay period amounts, whatever your pay period is, and that's and you determine what all those expenses are. Now, number three is good. Group similar expenses together. You don't want to have a spreadsheet that goes from here, you know, up to Bakersfield. Okay? What you do, you, you group similar things together. Here's what I do in mine. I have a column for insurance. Now, you can have car insurance. You can have house insurance. You know, what are some other things? You can have life insurance. Usually your health insurance is paid by your job, but whatever. Anything to do with insurance, group them all together. And so when you get ready to do your little spreadsheet, you just put, here's what it's going to take for to cover our insurances. And when those insurances come due at different times, it comes out of that column. You deduct it out of that column, okay, whether it's car insurance, house insurance, life insurance, whatever, okay? You can have, I told you earlier, I group similar expenses together, okay? Here's a monthly cash flow plan, and this is may look complicated, but it's not. Uh, you can do it any way you want, but let's say you were going to give charitable gifts, tithing, so much is going to that emergency fund, retirement fund, college fund, your mortgage on your house, your real estate taxes, your homeowner's insurance, you know, and uh, something I'm going to talk about in a minute about a sinking fund. And you say, i got plenty of those. Uh, No. Your utilities, you know, in our place, everything comes on one. The water bill, the lights, the electric, all that stuff, gas, it's all one bill, but yours may be broken down. I don't know. Food, how much are you going to spend on groceries and restaurants? okay, and your you big car payment and, and, and all of that, repair and tires. I told you I set aside $20 a week to repair the car until it goes over $1,000 in the fund. Then I back off on a little bit, but I always have about 1000 sitting in there in case something happens on the vehicle, okay, car insurance, license tags, you know, and, and even a car replacement fund. Three, I, I put $300 a month in a car replacement fund, Uh you know, and you say, Well that's not much money, but it is. Uh but I've been doing it, I just keep doing it, you know. And uh and and it's there. So is there any question on that? Yes. Oh yeah. All that kind of stuff all this kind of stuff you can put this on a computer and it wouldn't take you long at all now that's grandma's old envelope system now, i don't expect you to actually have an envelope i know that although there's like i said my wife's sister said we're going to do this and we're going to do it with an envelope and they did but but that's what it is whether it's excel or whatever you want to do so find out this is everybody say snapshot time not only did you take a snapshot of your your uh, bills, but now you're going to have to determine where your income is coming from. Okay, these are some more budgeted items here uh, that we could include. Clothing, you got to set aside a little for that and, and all these other things, everything down the bottom, life insurance, child care, all these things. Uh, look at that, gifts down there at the bottom, including Christmas. We set aside a little bit for gifts. Uh, because we want to send birthday gifts and whatever, and uh, people that get married uh, for Christmas gifts, uh, you know, mar- for wedding gifts and Christmas, uh, we actually do that. Okay, we actually do that, and uh, so you can determine that it may not be much, two or three dollars a pay period or what, but you know that adds up. Okay, so. Uh, hopefully there in the middle, gas card one and two, and department store one and two, and finance company then one and two. All of that's going to be gone after three, four years. Everybody said hallelujah. will not have to worry about that. Amen. And you'll be able to put what we call sinking funds, okay? Uh, and that's a beautiful thing. Now, it's a yearly plan. It's a budget adding up all your major expenses and even minor ones. And you've got to account for all spending. You know, if uh, the husband works and uh, you determine that he's going to need X amount for lunches uh, during the week or whatever, uh, and gas, you know, you adjust it. And then, of course, with the gas price, you're going to have to adjust that up a little bit. You may have to take it from somewhere else. Okay? So it's got to – it's something that changes. And – then you've got to include non-monthly items like clothing and things of that nature. Vacation. We actually have a vacation fund. Did you hear me? Nothing worse than going on a vacation and borrowing the money and come home and then you forget the beautiful place you've been and the meals you've eaten, but you, except for you're paying for them. Now, that's not good. Everybody say, that's not good. So if you want to go on a vacation then get ready for it, okay? And you may have in your vacation budget enough to get to the outskirts of San Bernardino. Well, that's where you're going. But maybe God blesses and you have enough to go somewhere else, but it's determined by what you have there. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's pre-planning, pre-planning, okay? And so let me say this. This is very important for young families. When you get older and the kids are raised, you have a few more options. But you don't have as many uh, options when you're younger and you've got a lot of expenses with children. You say, How would you know that? Because I raised three children. Okay? So I do know about that. And uh, you've got to figure out everywhere where your money's going. If you go on a vacation, how much it costs or how much you plan to spend on one, and that determines exactly where you're going to go. Okay? So uh, that's something that you've got to work on. You've got to sit down, and somewhere in there, there's a chart on determining all your income sources. It may be your job, maybe your wife's job, it may be a part time job, it may be whatever. Uh, you've got to uh, work on that. You find that one there? I don't know it may not be in there, but uh you identify exactly what you've got to work with you understand that don't you gotta know what you got to work with and then you gotta know what your okay income sources so you can list all these uh areas where you may have income and you know and determine this is how much we got coming into this house all right even part time income even Income that wasn't expected or whatever, uh, you figure it all out, okay? Now, um, for families, this is vital. This chart here is powerful. Uh, This was very helpful to me, and uh, I realized right away that I was out of line on transportation. Now, where you folks live, I don't know, your housing budget is probably more than most people in the country. And I recognize that. So it might be difficult to work with the 25 to 35 percent. But if it does, that just means you've got less for other places. Because guess what? All of these percentages have to add up to 100 percent, right? You understand? Okay. So they're saying charitable gifts, 10 to 15 percent. And you would write down the actual savings, and there's that 10% business I was talking about. Housing, and you have to figure out what that is because that's a big item here, and then that determines maybe the others. And they're recommending utilities 5 to 10%, food 5 to 15%. That's both meals in restaurants and food at home. Transportation, that's talking about a car payment, okay? And, uh, and, and also the gas to get you around. Clothing, 2 to 7%. You might not need as much clothing budget. Maybe your work, all you got to do is wear a pair of jeans and a T-shirt. Uh, others have to work in an office every day with a suit on. I don't know. Uh, medical and health, personal, uh, recreation or vacation, whatever, and debts. See, they're recommending no more than 5 to 10% debts and hopefully none. Okay, but uh all of those percentages now you write that down and you go home and work on that and figure out what you're in what you're spending and what percentages they're fitting in. But remember that can't add up to more than a hundred percent. So if your housing was fifty percent, you've only the rest of it's got to add up and only another fifty percent altogether. and you have to adjust it, okay? I had, as I mentioned earlier, transportation for years was too far out. Uh, you know, those car payments and things. And so uh, you may have to adjust that down. But whatever, uh, your utilities maybe not, are not as high here. I was in San Diego the other day. said, we don't even, he said, our utility bill $60 a month because we don't use air conditioning or heater, hardly. I said, hallelujah. Of course, the house cost a lot. <laughs> but anyway, you you look at those, and you start to plug your budget in where it needs to be. Okay? Does everybody understand that? And these are recommended percentages. And again, like your area is higher in the housing, maybe smaller in the utilities. Uh, other areas would be uh higher in some areas uh, that were listed here but I think the top two are important charitable gifts tithing and offerings and savings that I mentioned and then housing those are the biggies and then you kind of work from there so you may not be able to drive a new BMW may have to drive a 1956 Volkswagen okay but whatever until things get better alright now trying to. Trying to get ahead here. Uh, we're, we're coming in. I'm looking for the landing strip. Sinking fund. Write that down. Sinking fund is just what it sounds like. It's And here's the definition. You might write this down. Saving a certain amount monthly. Saving a certain amount monthly with interest to make a purchase. So if you want a new dining room set for your house, and you determine that it's going to cost, say, $4,000, it would be easy to go out and borrow the $4,000. The dining room set's not going to be worth $4,000 after you purchase it, and you're going to be paying quite high of interest, sometimes up to 24% at a lot of these furniture stores, But the best way to do it is to save your money and pay cash. Because you know what? You're going to pay for it anyway. Why not pay for it on the front end rather than on the back end with interest? So a sinking fund is saying we're saving for a particular purpose, like a car. I'm saving for this car. So I'm putting this much aside to save for a car or a vacation or whatever. That's called a sinking fund. And that's what you're doing, sinking money into saving for this particular thing. Okay? Everybody understand that? Okay. Now, I'm just going to touch for a moment on something about spending money. Remember, not one in a million knows how to spend it. Learn to become a bargain hunter. Seriously. And in this country, it's easy to be a bargain hunter because we have so much, especially like these outlet stores for clothing. Anybody that goes out and spends full price for anything in this country has got to be nuts. For example, my son and I were out the other day. at Where were we at? Marshalls? Is that where we were? He said, come over here. I found a suit. And so it was a four hundred thousand plus Italian suit. He said, this would almost fit you. Now, it didn't fit because I knew it wouldn't. But it was a $400 suit. And the coat was one place, and he went and found the pants somewhere else and came together. And I'm going to have to have... Uh, a lady in Jackson let it out. Now, my wife can do the pants real good and uh, the cuffs, but she, she's not too good on the. She, she says, I can't do the coats. But she'll let that coat out for $16. We bought that suit for $39. So, of course, that's, that's the way we operate. We don't pay full price. And like I told you about the car, paying cash and just, you know what? When somebody's ready to sell a car and you've checked it out, usually they want to sell it for a reason. Unless, I mean, you know, mechanically, as long as it's mechanically decent, you know, they've got something else. They're going, to, they're going to buy another one or they're going to sell it because they want to buy a house or whatever. I don't know. And and you know what? When you offer them cash and it's low, but, you know, you might think this is embarrassing to them. It's probably the only offer they've had that day. And so you offer it, and and if they want it, fine. Furniture? You know what? I told my son they moved to Dallas. I said, start watching the newspaper. Somebody's going to be moving, and they don't want to move that California or Maine. And you can go in there, and I've done it before, and they've got a whole room full of stuff. And you come there to look for a couch, and they say, well, this is for sale, too, and and this. And you can, well, do like these old guys that do that go around to these places and shop. You know what they'll do? They'll go and bid on the whole room. Because they know that if they can get that whole room for $1,000, there's one item in there that they can sell for $1,000. And they get the rest as gravy. But, you know, what? when they're ready to move to Maine or California, they want to move. They want to get rid of this stuff. So you learn to be a bargain hunter. Hello? So just, you know, and I think most of you understand that. Do they have garage sales here? They do in our place, too, but I've never seen a garage sold yet. But anyway you got to be out there early. But, boy, you can get some bargains. And so instead of paying full price for something, you say, you know what? I'm going to. That Thoreau said uh, not one in a million knows how to spend it. I'm going to learn how to spend it. It's not easy to earn. It takes a lot of hours to earn the money to get the check I've got. So I'm going to become a bargain hunter. So I'm not going to say any more about that. You understand that. Now. Insurance, this is very important, really important, okay? Carry health insurance, 50% of consumer bankruptcies are a result of medical bills. If at all possible, get medical insurance. It's financial suicide for a family not to have it. Auto insurance, of course, you know how dangerous that is. Uh, You've got to have it, but what I wanted to say is once you get an emergency fund or a mini-emergency fund, Raise your deduction to a thousand dollars instead of three hundred or five hundred, and then if you do have an accident and you've got to come up with a thousand, you have it. It's in that emergency fund, okay? Life insurance, yes. What's that? Oh, you're right. Well, it is in our area. It was considerable in our area. And so we dropped it to $1,000, and it dropped uh, $200 or $300 by going up to 1000 So you can save some there. And then that they save, actually, if you wanted to put it into that emergency fund, you could do it. And, you know, in, in a year or two, it would be paid for, that, the difference. But you check it and see. If it's not going to be much, then you don't do it. But in our case, it was substantial. Okay? Okay. Um, Life insurance, everybody should have it, especially if you have children at home. Uh, And the best way to buy insurance is, and I hope we don't, do we have any life insurance salesmen in here? Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble because I'm not for whole life insurance, and I'm not for uh, variable life insurance. Buy pure life insurance, which is term, okay? Okay. For a young person like uh, uh, my son here in his family, he's got little children, he needs a lot of insurance. They should have at least 10 times their annual income in insurance, okay? Term insurance. That can be purchased quite uh, inexpensively for young people if they're healthy. In other words, you could get half a million dollars or six or seven hundred thousand dollars for. I don't know but it would be 2 to 300 dollars a year maybe okay that's not bad because if a tragedy happens and uh and the dad's out of the picture at least mom can take that 5 dollars 700,000 and the interest would be enough for her to be able to raise the children and the family okay now you say well why not whole life insurance cuz they invest it yes they do very poorly and uh so what you've got to do is practice the big D is as Brother Guzman said here, have discipline, and you would take the difference and you would literally put it into mutual funds or invest it in some other thing. You say, I'm not that disciplined. Well, learn to be. You know, learn to be. Uh, because term insurance is the cheapest that you will buy. It's pure insurance. And then the balance, let's say a whole life policy was 1500 or $2,000 a year, and you could buy term insurance for three or $400 a year or less, then you take that difference and you put it into those investments. And so you need to check that. As you get older, the need for insurance is less because if you do this 10% business, what's happening? Your net worth is increasing in what's happening over here with that 10% growing and growing and growing. And you literally become self-insured. At at a point, you will become self-insured. I know I'm talking about some high things here, but not really. Uh, And so what I'm saying is, and I still have term insurance on myself, but not as much as I used to because, uh, you know, the age that I am. But for the young people, of course, it's absolutely imperative that they have it. And I carried it all those years. You say well you didn't get to cash in. Thank God I didn't want to. But I wanted my wife and children to be protected uh should that happen. And so I carried term insurance. I had a little whole life policy and I cashed it in. And uh and then it it just doesn't earn that much. But if you're an insurance agent, forgive me and uh, uh we it is That's it. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is part of it. If you read The Richest Man in Babylon, which I told you about, how many remember that? Six dollars at where was it? Barnes and Nobles. Whatever. Go to some of the bookstores. If they don't have it, they can get it. And buy it in the paperback and read it because it will talk about that. Yes. We have a question? Oh, okay. Okay. Get that book because it'll. What you need to do is protect the things that you can protect. Again, there's some things that are beyond our control, like uh, a debilitating or life uh, taking illness, but the things that you can protect, protect, like car insurance. You don't want to be sued. You go out there without car insurance and you run over somebody or whatever, and they sue you uh, and uh, take away your future. That that's a sure didn't save much money, did you, by not having car insurance? And uh, same with life insurance. Okay? Yeah. You say, well, it's expensive or what? Not really. But uh, I've never had to use it. Well, you know what? I've paid car insurance for. Forty years, and I've collected very little on it. One time somebody stole our car and we collected. But you know what? I'm glad I got it. Yes. Yes, that is good. That is very good. Disabilities and other insurance. And you say, I can be insurance poor. Well, that's true. But uh, what you are trying to do is protect yourself from, from things that can come against you and are very, very, very real very real. We had a young man, a young man, I say he was a man in our church, uh, who got, uh, when I was pastoring, that got Lou Gehrig's disease and uh, died. But he left his wife in very, very good situation. And uh, we had another one who died. And you know who it is. He was in a wheelchair and left his wife in a very rough, she was 55 years of age and no life insurance, and man, it's been a struggle because she's not old enough for Social Security and da-da-da-da-da, and uh, so I know about these things personally, uh, and I'm sure some of you do too. Uh, Okay, I'm going to close with this. Uh, Let's see, what have we got there? Because we may just uh, move along here. Okay. Okay. Let me just show them. I'm not going to deal with this. We'll come back some other times because you, maybe some of you aren't ready yet. But I believe in mutual funds. Uh, I'm not going to deal with, uh, you know, the various kinds here and so forth. But but simply to say, once you get into the investment portion, uh, mutual funds is uh, very good. Mutual funds is simply that, mutual. We all put a little bit in, and then somebody goes out and buys, uh, you know, uh invest in stocks and bonds and so forth you're not smart enough to pick uh pick individual stocks usually and i'm not either uh so there are various kinds but i'm not going to give you a lesson on that right now uh an action plan okay uh this simply says what do i need to do to get my financial life in order number one a written cash flow plan when am i going to do it and a date see we need to sit down, my, my wife and I, and determine what we got coming in. A will or a state plan? Uh, what do you have a will? Okay. Uh, what's going to happen to your children? Debt reduction plan. Have we worked on a plan to reduce our debt? Tax reduction plan. Whatever there. Emergency funding. Retirement funding. What are we doing about that? College funding for the kids. Our charitable giving. Action needed. If you're already doing it, say none and uh, so forth. But if you aren't, when are we going to start it? Life insurance, action needed, don't have any, when are we going to get it? Uh, Put a date down. Health insurance, disability, auto insurance, homeowners insurance. Okay? I, sign your name, a responsible adult, do hereby swear, but we don't swear, we affirm, to take the above stated actions by the above stated dates to financially secure the well-being of my family and myself. Okay? And what do we have here? All right? This is... Before we finish with this, I want to do one other thing. Uh, Give a little bit of a plan here. Write this down. Number one, of course, tithe and a goal to save 10%. Number two, Build a mini-emergency fund. Second thing I'm going to do. Number three, I'm going to kill all debt. Kill all debt. After I get that done, number four, and that may take a while, number four, I'm going to fund my retirement. Okay. Number five. You're a young family, college funds. You need to set aside something for college funds. Number six, this is where it gets fun. Pay off your house early. You say, man, I can barely breathe now. Yeah, you'll get there. Pay off your house early. And then number seven, this is a hard Enjoy. Okay. All right, let's finish with this last one. Okay. Okay. I am your constant companion, your greatest helper, or your heaviest burden. I will push you onward or drag you down to failure. I'm at your command. Half of the tasks that you do, you might just as well turn over to me and I will do them quickly and correctly. I'm easily managed. You must merely be firm with me. Show me exactly how you want something done. After a few lessons, I will do it automatically. I am the servant of all great people and, alas, of all failures as well. Those who are great, I have made great. Those who are failures, I have made failures. I'm not a machine. But I work with all the precision of a machine, plus the intelligence of a person. Now you may run me for profit, or you may run me for ruin. Makes no difference to me. Take me, train me, be firm with me, and I will lay the world at your feet. Be easy with me, and I will destroy you. Who am I? I am called habit. There we go. How many want to make some new habits? And if the Lord tears, I'm able to come back in three or four years, some of you, you are going to say, thank God, I feel so much better. Now, I can't give you the Holy Ghost and I can't heal your body. That's up to the Lord. But I can show you a way to give you some help and free you from one of the most constricting things that hurts our nation, and our society, and that's financial uh, dominance by credit and all of these things. And I want you to have freedom from that, and it begins with a process, and I've given you some of the key to the process. How many think that by the help of the Lord you can do these things? Yes, you can. Let's stand together right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for this church and this people as they seek to go down a path maybe that some have not gone down. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help those who are struggling, facing difficulties. We know that there are some who are challenged because of restriction of income. There may be some who have disabilities and not able to have a a strong income, some with single-parent families. And, Lord, we recognize that they face challenges that are different than others. But, Lord, we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. We know that all these things will be added unto us. And, Lord, when we don't have the ability to do it, you have the ability to bridge the gap and meet the need. If we will be diligent, good stewards of that which you have put into our hand, I pray, Lord, that blessings will flow upon every home and heart and life. And, God, that we will see victory so that we can be a channel of blessing to others, that others can receive. Uh, And, Lord, we know it's more blessed to give than receive. And I pray that you will help us and help this precious church. Pastor, I pray that you'll move upon his life and continue to guide them, Lord Jesus. Both of them, this precious pastor and his wife and their children, And all of the workers in this church and the leaders, that you will give them divine direction, Lord, and glorious things will happen. And we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for your glory. And all of God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord.